Hello and welcome to the Sky Time Podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that promotes Sky and profiles the people that drive the island's economy. It's also a celebration of Sky's vibrant history, culture and environment and aims to gently persuade visitors to spend more time, get off the beaten track and experience more of what our island has to offer. This edition of the Skytime podcast is sponsored by Torrevague Distillery on Slate, where an island-style, heavily peated, single-malt whisky is being distilled in a beautifully restored farmsteading. This week sees the return of the award-winning and highly successful Festival of Small Halls, which takes place between the 26th and 28th of November. My guests are the creative director of Shal, Sky Entertainment for All, Mary Lewis, and musician Inga Thompson. Welcome to Skytime. Thank you. Firstly, Mary, 2020 has been a bit of a nightmare for anyone in the entertainment industry. Talk me through the impact of COVID-19 on Shal. Well, we left the office on the 18th of March and then lockdown was announced on the 23rd. And then it was just kind of a bit of a meltdown, <laughs> I think, emotionally, financially, like just what was going to happen. But I think every, like everyone, you know, we kind of thought it was going to last for two months or whatever, three months maybe at the most. And we kind of like just went into emergency mode and cancelled lots of things, withdrew funding applications, um, put in emergency funding applications to cover the shortfalls and just kind of tried to mitigate against the landslide of just disaster that was happening all around us. And then obviously furlough happened. That was really significant because that kind of was a bit of a game changer for us. So all the staff went on furlough and then it was just me. And it was just, I don't know, now I look back on it, I can't really remember what it was like. It's a bit of a blur. But there was an amazing network of just people supporting each other. I think that's what's been the most incredible thing, certainly for me. And I was new to in, in post. I, ju- I had just started. And I was just blown away by the support that I got. I mean, it makes me quite emotional now thinking about it, you know. It was just like going into the desert and not knowing what to expect. And then actually there was so much good. There was so much finances aside everything like the emotional support was amazing and I think that's what's come out of it. Give me a sense of the the number of events that were cancelled and the impact on the organization's turnover. Oh my goodness (laughs) we lost about I don't know 80% of our turnover overnight and it was just it was just staggering and as, as somebody who's been I mean this is the first time I've worked in the charitable sector but you know I've worked in business for a long time and it was just like watching it all just fall away. But I think it's the same. It was the same for everybody on the same scale, whatever, you know, whether that was a freelancer or whether it was a huge organisation or, you know, it was just all relative to each organisation or each individual. But, I mean, we were we were very fortunate in that there was some emergency funding available. But obviously freelancers and things haven't had access to any of that. Inge, dare I ask how it's been for you? Similarly to Mary's situation, of course, for just about every single musician at the bottom just fell fell out of it. As Mary's saying, that there some amazing things have come out of this in terms of actually really examining how resilient humans are because they really do find other ways to create and to make art. We've had help from people like the MU, Help Musicians UK, uh, Creative Scotland's, um, hardship funds and there have been people there kind of along every step of the way but initially you know that feeling of bravado when you know like we could get through this at the very top of the lockdown 
when you think it's just going to be a couple of months of this, it was, you know, there's much more kind of drive and momentum. But then come the end of the summer, for we're, we're looking at this is actually going to be quite a long term situation. We're going to have to really kind of reconsider how our work in practice and how we're going to earn and, and all of those things. I, I guess it's I guess everybody's probably had their moment of like actual internal freak out about how they're going to cope in, into the future. But um, historically, if you look at pandemics and they don't actually see, I'm not an expert by any by any stretch of the imagination here, but um, they do look like they only run for a couple of years. So it is just a case of kind of trying to get through this this bit while the, the world, world realigns, if you like. And then, and then hopefully we'll kind of be back to a, a sense of normal after that. But um, to answer your early question, for musicians, yes, it was pretty devastating for everybody because most musicians are freelancers. And does it anger you how the creative industries were left behind by the government in terms of financial support? Yeah, I would be lying if I said that it <laughs> didn't. And I think everybody is probably in agreement there because the arts were particularly sort of ignored but that said it's always kind of the first thing to go but it's always the last thing to stay around because people find a way again look going back to the sort of resilience of humans people that really need to make art will find a way of doing it Um, and music yeah very very specifically music and musicians find a way to do it because it's not just a job it's a it's an actual essential part of them, so it's a, a need as well. How important is it from a mental health point of view for both musicians and the general public that we find a, a way of providing entertainment for people? I think it's incredibly important. I think this is one of the things that the government has not quite got a, a grip of, but that, that entertainment is a massive part of how we um, how we relax and how we process things and how we set ourselves away from these types of sort of daily worry about how you're going to survive so it's incredibly important yeah so away from the gloom Mary, the festival of small halls returns this week tell me about the origins of the festival um so we started the festival in 2018 and it was kind of like a brand new venture for us and i think i mean prior to that shall had been very much based in slate in the south of the island and we kind of felt it would be really good to kind of get around and get the name out and and because in the north of the island nobody really knew what Shal was which is incredible but there is this kind of north-south <laughs> divide between the two parts of the island so we and, and also we wanted to do something we kind of wanted to go back to that kind of like the village hall being the center of the community and the heart of the community I was brought up in Ardmerkin and for me the village hall was just you know when I was wee growing up that was just it was where we went every weekend it's where everything happened and I have this real nostalgia about that. So we kind of started it and it just totally outlived our expectations. I mean, it was like, we thought it would be good, but we didn't We didn't anticipate how much people would take it to their hearts and kind of embrace it and how the communities would really get on board. That's what we hoped for, but we thought it would be harder to kind of engage at that level. And it was just so easy. And and, and just, the, you know, the first year, every, every hall was packed out. We were just kind of pushing people in the door and everything. It was just amazing. And then year two, 2019, was even better. <laughs> and, um, and that's when we kind of started the residency aspect of it, that we thought, actually, what we want to do is 
is bring musicians together for a few days before to actually create have time to create because a lot of these musicians don't necessarily play together or they don't play in these lineups and we take individuals rather than bands and they stay for the whole festival they don't and they tour around the village halls so it's not like getting in different folk every night and then we won the trad awards for community project of the year which was totally unexpected sarah and i had not prepared anything we were just sitting there going this is great (laughs) (laughs) and then suddenly the cameras were on us and i was like what are we going to say? I mean, it was just terrifying. And I'm not very good at kind of public speaking, kind of, it was terrifying. Anyway, it was fine. I don't know what I said. but um, So that was totally unexpected and so, so exciting and so lovely to be recognised. And also that, that it was community project of the year. It wasn't like festival of the year. It was really meaningful. And I felt like we'd all done it, you know, like it was like all the communities, all the village hall committees, all the, all the people from all the villages and everything. It was just, it was lovely. And then this year we were even more excited. (laughs) (laughs) And then this happened. So we planned it all and and the musicians had been chosen and everything. And and then COVID happened and, but PRS brought out, so PRS is Performing Rights Society, they brought out a fund which was like kind of COVID, a COVID emergency fund almost to support musicians. That was like a real pivotal moment in a way because it suddenly I thought, well, actually we could, we could just, actually support a much longer residency you know using this money which even if we couldn't deliver a a full festival we would still be supporting freelancers and supporting musicians and doing something creative and that felt really good and so we got that money so that then from then we just kind of that snowballed with the rest of the funding and everything and it's just it's really exciting and I just think that it's just a lovely opportunity I think it's going to be really special actually this year because of the context that we're working in um, I'm kind of really quite excited about it, and and although it's daunting doing the the, the live stream, I don't know why it's so daunting because <laughs> it's exactly the same as a as a live gig, except there's no music, no audience. But it just seems it is quite scary. There's this kind of like wall of like. Sure, come on to that with Inge in in a minute. But Inge, I just wanted to get from your point of view, from a musician's point of view, what do you think was the the recipe for the success of the festival? Well, I I come from Fair Isle, um, one of the small Shetland Islands. And the thing that I loved about all of our functions that we had in the hall is that it's totally and genuinely cross-generational because everybody goes out, everybody dances, uh, and there's no... There's no strange feeling with that. In fact, everything that happens in these small villages is cross-generational because the kids, they learn and they grow up with all the ages, knowing that everybody's input is as important. It's It's all equal. So small halls feel amazing to play in when you're a musician because you have this brilliant... The, the widest demographic you get anywhere like we, we go and tour all over Europe although maybe not so much after Brexit and play generally to people over the age of 50 so between the age of 50 and 70 is the majority of our demographic that we're playing to so when you go to a wee village hall and you've got wee tiny tots dancing right in front of the stage it makes you feel brilliant it just makes you feel so happy because your music is getting everywhere and you see everybody enjoying it in their own aged way, you know. 
So having said that, how do you feel about a, a virtual concert? Will it be hard to get the adrenaline pumping because you're not seeing faces in front of you? I think there will be plenty of adrenaline considering that we haven't actually played in a room or many of us haven't played in a room with other musicians for a while. So I don't think we'll be short on adrenaline, but it's a very different kind of thing. I've done a couple of streamed concerts through this summer and when there is no audience, it is a different kind of thing. You're very much playing for the joy of making music with the other people that are there. You know that there are people out there that are that are hearing it and that are getting it, but you don't get the immediate clap back. So that immediate serotonin rush of, of pleasing people. But that said, it, it's for, for me personally, I'm so excited to actually be with, with other with other humans in a room making making music. So I think that'll carry us all. You're listening to the Sky Time podcast, sponsored by Torreveg Distillery. My guests this week are Shal Creative Director Mari Lewis, who's preparing for the Festival of Small Halls later this week, and musician Inga Thompson. Before we hear more about the festival, here's the snowstorm from Inga Thompson. Sky, an island of ice, with a 
pray for the white rocks. Silvers and turn to the sea with their very last gasp. Oh, oh, oh. The air is still. Something's gone. Something's lost. Something's broken. Something's gone. Something's lost. Something's broken. Something's gone. Something's lost. Something's broken. So, Mari, talk me through the lineup and how the festival works this year. So, we've got nine musicians this year. We've got Megan Henson and Ewan Robertson. And we've got Sue Lee and Hamish Napier. So, some of the, I should explain as well, some of the musicians, half the musicians were here last year. So, what we do is we, half the musicians are here and then there's a new half each year. And then the new half become the old half and then we get another new half. Does that make sense? <laughs> and... <laughs> And so, um, so Inga's in the new half this year. So the new half is um, Inga and Sean Gray and, and Ewan, Ewan Robertson. And then Lauren McCall's also going to be with us and um, Rachel Newton. Angus McKenzie. Oh, and Angus McKenzie, of course. Angus, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Angus McKenzie, who's a local musician from Sky. So they've all come together and, or oh, they're all coming together on Friday. They've got four days plus a dress rehearsal day and then we go into the concerts. Yeah, I think it's just going to be really lovely. They're also doing some school workshops on some of the days. It's whiskey tasting. And you're only in three venues? Yeah, we're only in three venues, yeah. So we've we've got three very different venues. We've got Grace Hall on the first night, which is a lovely wee village hall. Very atmospheric and very traditional. And then we've got Dunbegging Castle, which is not a small hall. But we felt, because this was slightly a different context this year, that we needed venues that were kind of very contrasting to kind of, you know, make it more exciting. <laughs> Even more exciting <laughs> than it usually is. <laughs> and, um, and then on the on the last night, on the 28th, we're doing our St Andrew's Night Cayley, which is um, 
always at Seamus' Bar at Second Hotel because they're, they're Second Hotel are our main kind of business sponsor and every year they've just been amazing and supported the musicians and, and you know, offered accommodation and food and everything. So this year it's slightly different. We're, we're going to be, you know, paying towards the food and accommodation and everything because obviously all that has changed, you know, for, for, for hospitality businesses. So so we re- it was great because we got funding to do that and so it feels good as well to be supporting the hotel. You also mentioned a, a whiskey tasting. A virtual whiskey tasting doesn't sound like much fun to me. I know, I thought that too, <laughs> but apparently it's very good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're working with um, Anais O'Hara from Away From The Ordinary and he's been, he kind of, he's got a business that is focused around bespoke tours to Scotland for the American market, really. And obviously his um, business just plummeted and he had to kind of, reimagine so in London he does these whiskey tastings but in real life and so he's got a guy Michael McCushion in in New York who does his marketing things and Michael just kind of suddenly got in touch with Coca Company so yeah he's been doing all these whiskey tastings in America (laughs) virtually but apparently it's just there was on one of them last week there was 107 people and and they all get their little bottle, you know, they all get their wee box of whiskies delivered to them and everything. And yeah, and it's just been really good. So we kind of had a chat about it and thought maybe we could do whiskey with tunes and that would work. So it's an experiment, but we've got quite a few bookings and a lot from the States, actually, the majority of them are from the States. So they're going to be doing their whiskey tasting at like 2.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Enge, what are you most looking forward to about the festival? Seeing and pe- playing with people, so seeing other people and playing with people, I would say that's definitely the top. Uh, and because I've not really been anywhere apart from Pathhead for months, it's going to be really nice, a little daunting actually coming up, but really nice to come up the sky because it's a lovely place and a very special place to me anyway. So, And Mary, talk me through how people can attend the, the festival virtually. So you go onto our website, shall.co.uk, and there's all the details of the festival there, and you can just go in. There's a link that will take you to the tickets, and you just purchase your tickets online. So there's, there's like, so we're actually, I should have said as well, we're actually working in partnership with Blast Festival this year, which we did last year very successfully. So Blast is taking place over the 10 days, kind of either side of us, with a small horse festival, but we're a festival within a festival. And so you can buy tickets for the whole of the Blast Festival and the small halls. You can buy tickets just for the three small halls, or you can buy individual tickets for individual concerts. So Wonderful. Mary Lewis and Inga Thompson, thank you for your time and good luck with the festival. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And that's all for this edition of the Skytime Podcast, sponsored by Torrevague Distillery on Slate, where an island-style, heavily peated single malt whiskey is being distilled in a beautifully restored farmsteading. If you have a story or a business to promote, email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk. Please also get in touch if you'd like to sponsor Skytime or advertise your business on the next podcast. Until then, stay safe, and I'll leave you with We Are The Morning by Inga Thompson and Jenny Sturgeon. Aichiva. We are the morning, holding quiet to the dawning. We welcome the light. Marks the end of the night Snowdrops and crocus White crisp and warming Face the sun on her back Thawing roots in the air
summer of love on the wing high above. My fairy lingers, an abundance of beings, wolf away from the door. Like 